named our podcast the World Class Agency Podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have. What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you? World Class Estate Agency is all about people. The good estate agents add adds an incredible amount of value to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world-class agent mean to you? Hello and welcome to today's episode of the World Class Agency Podcast. My name is Moral. I'm joined by Sam Hunter. We've had, what, three weeks off, Sam? It feels good to be back. We have had three weeks off. Good morning, Mark. Hello, listeners. Um, what a summer holiday. Right? Yeah. I, I got up this morning and I was, I won't say the exact words that thought in my mind, but I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, podcast back today and it was fun like researching today's episode um, it was it was great we, we're recording this after we've had the episode this morning um, I miss it like this is this is the best way to start a Tuesday um, yeah. and it fires you up and it's still the best day of my week every single week and I hope when everybody listens to this on a Wednesday it's the best day of your week as well so yeah absolutely I've been really looking forward to today not only because hold today's guest in very high esteem but actually you know absence makes the heart grow fonder had a really nice holiday really good break but actually this journey of self-improvement that we're on speaking to somebody who's passionate about the industry like we are taking some of those things implementing them into you know our daily business lives is you know has had a massive effect and um something that i really really enjoy doing and it's the first time we've had an extended period of time off whilst we've both both been away but yeah looking forward to getting back and really really looking forward to to sharing um what today's guest is going to share with with all the listeners but before we do that sam we just said that we'd have a quick conversation with the intro um Mm. about how the market's changed i don't think changing is the word now i think it's changed how maybe it will continue to change and how I think people now have got to start doing things that they've not had to do for a, for a few years. Would you would you agree with that? I so the way I describe this, firstly, yes, I would definitely agree with that. Um, and I, I don't know if you remember a conversation that we had back in April, um, but there was a, a stat that that came out that was something like buyer inquiry in April was down sixteen percent on what it was in March. Yeah. Um, and I only know this because I listened to one of our episodes from April back yesterday uh, to help me plan a webinar that I'm hosting tomorrow, right? Nice. And, yeah. And I was like, we said some good stuff in that episode. I'm going to go back and listen to it. It was two strategies to win the current market episode. That was good. Wants to listen to it. Yeah, it was good. Um, anyway, and I, I said in that, I was like, it doesn't matter if buyer inquiry is down 16% this month from last month. It's still 400% up on what it was two years ago. And the way I would describe the market now is if we've been on the Autobahn for the last two years, the market that we're on now is the M1, but there's just a few more rules to follow, mm-hmm. right? So you've got to be really professional. Our guest today talks about how like, your technical ability will define your results over the next two years. So you've got to have courage in this market. You've got to not get the price right, but you've got to have a conversation about price almost every day or every week, mm-hmm. right? One of the things that I went back and listened to that episode on was because you need to explain and educate not just your current 
sellers uh, or landlords for that matter, although I think lettings is going a bit banana still. Um, you've got to explain to them why houses may not sell. So you can go in there and you can pitch them the highest price possible, but you've got to then say the reasons why we may not end up with that result is because of the marketing, because of the presentation, because of the price or because of me. Um, and you've got to, and again, that's where courage comes into it. And, and you really haven't had to have conversations around price for the last few years. You know, the market has kind of taken care of that. And everyone's been talking about setting street records and postcode records and town records and all this sort of stuff. Um, there's not that much of that going around at the moment. I think it's still happening um, because if you can run a really solid campaign um, and you can give people the opportunity to see value in that property at a price and then you get more than one of them interested, then you can still get a result like you were six or 12 months ago. Um, but you've got to explain that to your seller. You've got to explain that to your buyer. You've got to have those those technical skills. You've got to be tactical in your approach. You've got to up your levels of communication. You know, giving your vendor an update once a week is not going to cut it anymore because the moment you give them some bad news, they're going to say, why don't you tell me that sooner? Yeah, I think that's a re really good point. Those levels of communication are, do, need, do need to really pick up because when things don't go as your clients expect, that's when they really need you to be close and to hear from you an awful lot. So if, mm -hmm. if your client's neighbor sold the house in two days late last year, then you know their expectation is, no matter what you tell them, their expectation is going to be that they get to sell it in two days as well. So you need to explain it early on that actually that might not happen because these things have changed. And if that doesn't happen, then you know we need to do, do this. So I think that communication and staying really close to them on a really regular basis is something that probably hasn't happened over the last couple of years. No, maybe you were really close to them because you were booking a viewing every day or you had an offer to, to negotiate. But most agents, I think, would have probably not had the levels of communication over the last 12, 24 months that they'll need to have over the next 12 months and, and further. And that's the other thing that we talked about before, before we hit record, Sam, is that what we do in the next 30 days will dictate how we finish the year and how we feel on Christmas Day, we, talk, we talked about. So actually having the determination now to have those challenging conversations, to pick the phone up, to prospect when maybe you don't feel like prospecting actually will make a massive difference in the next 90 days and, and how, the, how the year will, will end, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, we had this conversation at Home Search yesterday. Like for us, the home stretch has already begun mm -hmm. uh, because we know that August is a fantastic month to rest and recharge, um, and everybody should come back energized, feeling creative, ready to serve. Um, and I hope anybody's listening to this who's an estate agent is is going to feel the same. Like, if you've worked through August, make sure you get a few days just to like wrap yourself in cotton wool before the big ramp up because what happens in September determines what happens on Boxing Day, effectively. Um, and that's the way you've got to think about it. There's going to be people, like everyone who's in the market today is thinking about Christmas time as being the day that they're out of the market and they're settled, right? The people who are not in the market today are thinking about the Boxing Day is the day that they start doing things. So start having those conversations with people now. Now, when we talk about pipeline, it doesn't have to be paperwork signed. You know, it's it's understanding where people are in their customer journey. It's like, again, it's it's that funnel, isn't it? There's people yeah. who are popping out at the end slower than we would all like, which is completions. 
Then you've got a slightly wider panel at the top of people who are exchange waiting to complete. Then you've got a load of people who sale agreed freaking out about are uh, their chains going to connect yeah. and complete? What's going to happen next? You know, is our house going to fall over for whatever reason? Because we've not had a survey on it in 20 years. We just decided to sell it because the market's good. Then you've got a load of people who want to sell and want to buy but can't find where they want to live. And then yeah. you've got a lot of people who are just browsing. Yeah. Then you've got everybody else in your market and it's your job just to keep them informed. If you can say to them as well, if you think about moving in 2023, talk to us about our Boxing Day strategy. Yeah, absolutely. If you, and... want, to be, if you want to be in by Christmas, we've got three weeks to get you organized. Because people will be like, what the hell? Yeah, exactly. It's not even September. And I, I, I want to be in for Christmas. I didn't think I'd do anything until October. Yeah. You yeah, say, yeah. Again, it's courage to say that, isn't it? Because it, that's not the best news that people want to hear, but it's what they need to hear. Yes, And it's absolutely. a conversation that maybe you haven't had to have in the last couple of years, but you've got to now. And that's, I, I started to see Christmas adverts yesterday, actually. So this is quite good, good timing. You know, adverts for like Rise with Santa with the kids and all that, all that sort of stuff. So people are starting to, to see that. So I don't think that conversation is one that, that should, should be avoided. And I'm sure there's a lot of other, you know, not, I think you, you um, corrected me previously when I've said, you know, challenging conversations or difficult conversations, but I think you're right. We need to turn them as actually professional conversations, conversations that you need to have if you're going to be doing your job really, really, really well. Um, mm. And with that in mind, I just want to, um, so if anyone hasn't seen online, friend of the show, Stephen Brown's running um, a training seminar with Daniel Spencer next week, actually, 23rd of August, which is all about selling in a tougher market. It clashes with our podcast, so we'll have to have a look at that. But um, I think that would be a really good event for people to go to if they are starting to see the market changing. And actually, everyone needs that shot in the arm when you haven't done something mm. for, you know, a period of time, like you know, we're talking about these professional conversations, it will just be a really good shot in the arm to, to enable you to make a difference in the next 30 days to make that difference for Boxing Day, as we said. So 100%. if you haven't, if you haven't uh, had a look at that, check that out. Um, but I think from us, from us, let's dive in and introduce today's guest, shall we? Mate, let's do it. Returning as a guest for the second time, but appearing on this show for probably what is the fifth or sixth time. Uh, today's guest continues to drive innovation and share best practices within an industry. In fact, we've just had an inspiring two or three minute conversation before we hit record when notes were flying around the room. He's part of a community of agents that live and breathe their profession, many of whom listen to this show, and it's his passion that drives his mission to improve a state agency. We all know what he shares works because he's tried, tested, refined, and improved it within his own business first. Perry Power, welcome back to the World Class Agency Podcast. Good morning. I think you two are like the only guys that can get my ass out of bed at seven in the morning, to be honest, for these podcasts. <laughs> I, was I was surprised you were on time, actually, uh, actually, Perry. Thank you very but much. But it's turned out all right, because I'm in the tennis gear. So after this, I'm straight off to play tennis this morning. So it's good. <laughs> of course you are. Of course you are. Right. Uh, other, other than... Your other passion in life rather than tennis, Perry, estate agency. Let's start how we start every episode. And um, what does world-class estate agency look like to you? And importantly, has that changed since our last conversation? Hasn't changed since I started in the game 15 years ago. No, more than that now, 17 years ago, maybe more. Um, commitment is pretty much my my. I was asked that question the other day and it is literally commitment, commitment to yourself, to improvement, commitment to your clients for the best outcome, commitment to amazing marketing, commitment to incredible negotiation skills, 
all that comes down to commitment. Those that want to half-arse it are going to be in the industry and out pretty quick. Can you elaborate? Like, I, I, so you, your first thing there that you sort of expanded on with commitment was commitment to yourself, right? Can you expand on what commitment to yourself looks like? Uh, well, for me, it's commitment to all what I preach about, which is kind of focus, structure, discipline, consistency. So probably more there. It's more about your commitment to your own discipline, which is really hard to do. It really, it, I still struggle at times. Mm. Um, but it's, you know, your structured week, being brutal with your, with your time. Um, yeah, pretty much that, I think. I was um I was listening to a, uh, a book today. I like um when my daughter gets babysat, I go for like a walk in a forest near my house. Um, and it's like the perfect antidote to staring at a screen all day and all night, right? Um, and I was I was listening to this book. I don't know if anyone's ever heard. It, it was called The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. Um, oh, in, it. Yeah, I mean it's a great book. Um, and I just I said to like my wife, uh, she's she she'd read it. I don't know a month ago, and I read it a few years ago. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to listen to that again. Um, so I borrowed her Audible account, went for a walk and started listening to it. And part of her, not sob story, but her story at the start was she was on this TV show where she thought she'd made it. And this show was called Someone's Gotta Go. Um, and it was a show where she would walk into a business and fire the like underperforming member of staff on, on camera. And they wouldn't know what's happening or anything like that. And she ended up filming one episode, had a nervous breakdown for like what she was doing to people and never went back. Um, but she she then focused on the theory of like someone's got to go and she's like there was like two or three people living inside of me one of these person was driven and ambitious the other person liked to have four martinis at night the other person just wanted to hit snooze every day and I realized that actually someone's got to go um and I I was like as you said you know commitment to yourself in terms of making sure you're disciplined we've all got those people inside us right who who don't want to get out of bed or who don't want to make a prospecting phone call or who don't want to go. And I, I just put a post on LinkedIn this morning being like one of the things that I've learned over the last 10 years is the worse the news, the faster you have to deliver it. Um, and who wants to get bad news, right? You got to do it. You've got to be disciplined enough because that's the professional thing to do. That's the world-class thing to do. I think that was why I was really interested in you talking about what commitment to yourself looks like. Cause it is, it is discipline, isn't it? And it's making sure that you're always, that your actions line up with your words. And it kind of goes so, yeah, it goes so much deeper. Like, I think um, for everyone else in your life, your clients, your family, your kids, your wife, your friends to be good, you've got to be good. And I went through a period not, not, not longer of not being that good. And that's when I really discovered tennis because I was like, I need something else, man, because I'm getting too obsessed and I need something else to take my mind off estate agency in the business and so tennis but it's the commitment to do that three times a week it's the commitment to get a bed last night at clock because i know i was up early today to go tennis for this podcast to go to tennis and i've got client meetings this afternoon i've got foot golf with one of the kids this afternoon i've got something else with one of the other kids you've got so many bloody kids you've got to really structure your time ridiculously and that's i've learned that more and more the busier my life gets what's really important this is mental is the I've, I've never been so busy in my life just with family and business and other stuff and but I seem to get more done than I ever have mm. because I have so little time to do each thing that I need to focus on each time and I'm just so mad efficiency and productivity and 
tech where a tech can be used to to gain yourself 20 minutes that would have been 20 minutes before and that kind of stuff. can i can i ask you about just to not to sort of name the point but the, the commitment um side of things perry you've talked about commitment to self how do you and I think people listening to this are probably fairly committed to self-improvement because they're taking the time out of the day to, to listen to the, the podcast to improve, hopefully improve their, their agency and their, their performance. But how do you either encourage your wider team to have the same commitment to self or recruit people who already have that commitment? Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, it's, it's showing them a process that works because it works and just educating to the fact that follow this and the you know follow the proceed process and the proceeds will come all that jazz when you've got the first thing i'm talking about with people when i'm looking to maybe have a chat about joining joining power bespoke is show me your week plan and like your current week plan and they're like they're either like yeah yeah let me show you on mondays i do this and friday afternoons i do this and wednesdays i do this or they're like well i haven't really got one and it's, it, it's quite telling that it's, so when you're going to do your client contact, when you're going to take your kids out, when you're going to do your personal improvement time, when you're going to play tennis or football or whatever. Um, and when you get all that jammed in, um, people then kind of realise that we ain't got a lot of time to do much of the things we need to do. We really haven't. If you want to take your wife out for date night and you want to um, read a book or mm. it's mental, there really isn't a lot of time. So to answer your question, it's pretty much show them Rarely do I find someone that's as dis, not disciplined, because I still struggle with that. I think everyone does, but as structured and focused, um, and as me, um, I've become, I've had to become a bit of a beast mode. If I still want to listen to sell houses, I still want to run a team of agents listen to houses. I still want to do property management letting, so I've got to run that team, and I still want to have a good relationship with my kids and my wife and see my parents. Like, I'm seeing my mum in like six weeks. I was like, Saturday night, I was like, let's all go out for dinner because I've realised I was becoming a really bad son. I might have been doing all right on the business side and signing 150 grand with the clients in a month, but it's really hard, yeah. Um, let's talk about that learning for a second, because that, that, that to me is quite interesting. Um, and I, I saw a post that you put on, I think it was on LinkedIn, but it might have been on Facebook um, last week about if you want to earn more, you learn more, right? Um, and I think we've always sort of talked about um, that learners are earners. Um, and Mark made the point there, people aren't listening to us because they just want to hear our voices, right? Um, there's hopefully going to be, as we sort of said before we hit record, like an aggressive amount of value packed into 20, 25 minutes. So some people are not natural born learners. Um, we all have this mentality that because we hated school, we must hate learning. And I think there's we've got to make that distinction right? They're two completely separate things. So what advice would you have for anyone who's listening to this about if they want to sort of hone, 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 hone their learning skills um, to give themselves that opportunity to, you know, have a bit more commitment to themselves and their improvement? Yeah, I love that. So I've, 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 um, so first thing is find what works for you. I've, I've, I've totally dismissed reading books in my life now. So I tried and tried and tried that. Fuck it, it really ain't working. Like you, you sit down and read a book and the baby starts screaming upstairs or something like that. And then it just throws you off your kind of, because I think if you're a reader, 
you get right into the book, right? And I'm I'm a really slow, terrible reader, but I can process and I can take information really quick. So um, uh, so it's fine. The the way of learning it works really well for you. Um, and mine's watching. I've got to be in. I've got to be all senses into it. My sight, my hearing, my attention, everything. So um, that's the first thing. And then the second thing is pretty much just do an hour a week if that's all you can do. So Sunday, eight till nine is my personal improvement week uh, hour. And then any more on top of that, I'm happy. But if I don't get any more than that, I'm still happy because I've done my Sunday is the time when I was out for dinner with my mum on Sunday. It got to like seven o'clock and I was like, Tash, darling, we've got to get, get wrapped up. We've got to go. Because I was literally getting itchy feet that I wouldn't be ready to get in the zone for eight o'clock. Kids would be down, bathed, settled. That's those two things. Find a thing that really works for you. And then just one hour a week, very minimum. And I love the Masterclass app. I subscribe to that. I watch all kinds of stuff on that. I'm YouTube. Um, I said to my wife the other day, actually, I, I felt like I've started, I felt like I'd started to stagnate. And that was a really horrible feeling. Um, because I probably wasn't, because I'm always, I'm, I'm really inquisitive and always intrigued by stuff. But I really wanted to learn about real marketing and started going obsessive about that. And a week later, I got three or four reels with, with 30 plus thousand views and a load of comments and a call already from someone being like, I just don't know how I saw you on Facebook, but you mentioned about this and can you help me with my property sale? Um, that was an area that I wanted to learn. And yeah, I just got stuck into it. Anyone that, knows you, advice. Will, anyone that knows you will not be surprised by, by that. Uh, um, in regards to the learning, out of everything you think you've learned or maybe even trained uh, subsequently over the years, what do you think has had the most impact on you personally or professionally? Um, very early learnings from... John McGrath that I would you know and this is all free John McGrath never 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 coached me it's just all stuff out in the world so there's no excuse not to learn anymore yeah. um I think because I'm quite I was always quite obsessive about estate agency and, and I would get so down in the dumps when something would go wrong for my clients yeah um, the yeah. the one word of advice was care but not that much that was pretty mad now I'm quite uh, how can I say? I don't really know what to pronounce, uh, say it, but now I'm very, here's what's happened. Here's my advice. And here's your free options. And let's take one. I weight my advice to this option, but it's your shout. How do you want to move forward and not get too down? Oh my God, they're making a wrong decision. Like you just got to go with it. Um, and probably again from John McGraw, that structured week like that, that, but I've gone a step further and I share it with my clients on appraisal. They know I'm playing tennis on a Wednesday afternoon, so there's no point. They know I'm with my kids on Saturday and Sunday, so there's probably not going to get a reply from me. That was probably the thing that completely, that one thing, as in here's, because I run a schedule and I run a tight week, most people keep it internal, but I was... I was then sharing it with appraisals, with prospects, with clients when they when they sign up, and that really helped my life a lot because it it was all in there for them to see. They could see when they were going to get a full update from me on a Monday afternoon. They could see I'm not around Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but my backup team, office team, viewing team are. Um, that relieved the strain a lot, so I didn't feel guilty 
when I maybe when I was going out to take Freddie tennis on a Saturday morning. I know you shouldn't feel guilty, but when when you're so obsessed and you know life's mission is to do this, you do get a bit guilty. Mm. Can I can I ask what you learn on Sunday night? I rewatched this Sunday just gone. Yeah, yeah. I rewatched the Chris Voss negotiation masterclass again. I watch that every three or four months. Mm. Like, because I love, I want someone to, I know YouTube's got it, like got videos, but I want someone to, um, I want audible, but for you, but for video, I want to watch the author reading me the book (laughs) because I'm terrible at reading and audio is fine. I can speed it up two times speed, but then it goes on to something and my mind, my eyes roll, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about mm. that, what they've just said. With video, I can really, maybe it's because I love films. Films was always my, um, my thing before tennis. You know, like it was my get out of zone out. I'm just into a film. Now, I think that's why I would love to have an author read me a book. I would watch them literally reading the book to me and I'll take it in way better. That would be fascinating to see people standing in front of their like diffused mic with their headphones in reading their own book. Uh, I, I'm listening, the, for kids, but for adults, like mate, who the, the the other books that we're listening to uh, at the moment is like we got Harry Potter on Audible, and so we're going through like 14 hours of each Harry Potter book. And I tell you, it's the best way to like consume that sort of fiction because it's a 14 hour movie. Because you, you you know what the characters all look like. You're listening to Stephen Fry run through yeah, everything, yeah. right? And I mean, he just makes everything magnificent. Um, and I, I'm the same as you. Like I, I used to buy a lot of books. Um, and I heard this on uh, Simon Gates's podcast the other day when he was talking to Jerry Lyons about having a bookshelf full of books you never read. Um, there's not one person alive that's read every book in their bookshelf. And I reckon there's very few people alive that's read 50% of the books in their bookshelf. And I used to buy all these books because I thought you have to read books. If you want to learn, if you want to improve, you want to grow, figure out what it is that you want to be better at and read about it because that's someone else's experience who's condensed their own experience and the 50 people they've learned from and the 50 people that they learned from into 300 pages that you can read in a week and it's going to change your life if you let it. And I'd get two or three chapters into most of them and I'd lose interest because I'm a really easily distracted person. Whereas Mm. if I'm out for a walk for an hour, and I got my headphones in, right? And there's somebody talking at me. I'm listening. Um, and one of the skills that I've learnt, funnily enough, to develop over the last sort of ten or fifteen years of doing this, is being really good at listening. And I think that's why I've now, like, I, I very, very quickly come to terms with the fact that that is what I'm good at. Uh, sorry, that's how I learn best is is listening. Because I watch YouTube all the time as well, but I get distracted. <laughs> There's always something on my phone or something like that. Whereas if I can go to the gym or I can go for a run or I can go for a walk and there's something on my headphones, there are no distractions. There are no excuses. It's it's there and then. Um, I'm going to ask you a question about Chris Voss because Mark hasn't waved his hand to tell me to shut up yet. That's okay. Right? Yeah. So um, I get his uh, like weekly emails, some of which are really good, some of them from his son and they're not that great. Um, but I, I have like read the book and actually, funnily enough, um, have actually read the book. Uh, second shout out to Simon on this call. He bought me that book when I first met him and he was like, here you go, read this. And I was like, wow, that's cool. This guy's all right. Um, and I, I took a lot out from it. Yeah, yeah. I wish he was still that generous and that kind and that nice. Um, 
it, it was a really interesting book because it talks about labels and it talks about mirroring and it talks about accusation audits. And if you've not read that book or watched any of the guys YouTube or listened to anything that he's done, that'll make no sense to you. But from a layman's perspective, Perry, can you talk us through like what you learned on Sunday night when it comes to negotiating and how you how you put that into practice at work? I was really focused this time on the tonality. Mm. Yeah. So I think Late a lot of DJ voice. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So I think a lot of people when negotiating can be very like, um, and I've experienced it when I'm negotiating for clients' purchases as I'm negotiating against other agents. And they can just be very non-conversational and very to the point, you know, hey, mm. thanks, thanks so much, but that offer's been rejected. And it's like, okay, cool. Like there's no leading the conversation, following the conversation. I really like the tonality. And there's one part in it, which I watched again, that it was um, just the way you elevate your voice a little bit. Like if someone's like, I just think the garden's too small. Garden's too small. And then it carries them on. Yeah, you know, like um, I really wanted a south facing garden, but about a hundred foot minimum. hundred foot minimum. I just love all that kind of stuff that keeps them talking, keeps them talking. Okay, so you meant, so you said the garden's a bit too small, but it is south facing. You said you wanted south facing. Um, and, and it's, I just find that level of um, expertise and technical ability. Because I think this market we're coming into is all down to technical ability over the next two years. You need to be a technically brilliant. I've said that a lot of the time across the years. I class myself as quite a technically brilliant estate agent. Having just spoken to someone, never met them, get them from a, get myself in the living room, get myself from the living room to a sign, mentioning authority maybe, to take them to first base, mentioning authority to, to, to full signed agreement, to full blow marketing, to under offer, to purchase agreed, to keys handover. Like, that's what I do. And that's what I think this next, this, I think people need to start focusing more effort on technical, technical, technical brilliance in each little area of estate agency like negotiation for example like getting yourself in the living room like negotiating yourself your two percent fee it's no better time now to go from one percent to two like for sure with that and like, if, if, go on no i was just sorry go on perry if you've got something else to say before i'm, I'm going to jump on with the next question i'm just going to jump in with the next question sorry the last few months, I've I've gone probably more brutal on my fee. I would usually start, you know, two percent. Yeah, oh, you know, one and a half. All right, let's go because it was a it will fly, and it, and I really didn't want to muck about too much with a couple of days of batters and forwards. Mm. But now the market's toughening up for me. Fee and marketing price you want is everything because that tech, and that's the technical brilliance that, that gets you that one of the. You've talked about sort of market shifting, um, Perry, and you, you talk there about the price you want. One sort of term that I've been using a lot with my clients is saying that, you know, how price sensitivity has returned to the market and returned in a massive way. Well, how do you react and how do you train your team to react when you get a bit of a sense, which by the sounds of things you had, that the market is shifting? What actions are you taking now that maybe you weren't doing, or your team wasn't doing 12 months ago? Probably having more of the what good looks like conversation. So two things happened to me recently that I found really interesting. One was the guy had, I was a fourth agent he had, he had round. I was recommended in. 
it was in an area I've never, it's about an hour and a half drive away, which usually I wouldn't, you know, go that far. But it was a 1.25 million pound house. I was recommended in. Why wouldn't you go? Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of it, it was like, I can't believe this. I'm like, what's that? It was like, you're the only agent. We think we're probably going to go with you. And you haven't even valued our house. How mad's that? I was like, what do you mean? Like, I gave him three options. Offers over a million, 1.1 guide or 1.25 guide. Let's talk about the three options and the pros and cons. Mm. And it's so good. Like, I've got a performance fee. I've got a really good fee. E wrong about, oh, you know, can we shave the fee down a little bit and knock off the video? And I was like, you know, well, I don't want to knock off the thing that's going to get you the best price for your house. Let's not do that because that's marketing. Marketing generates inquiries, inquiries of viewings, viewings and offers. Um, so that was an interesting thing. Stop valuing houses, ultimately. If you're in the power rate, it's not a fucking valuation, is what I keep preaching for the last five years. Um, and, yeah, expectation management, massive on that at the minute, like... I'll be having a conversation around, you know, John, rewind 10 months. You'll launch this to market, probably have 15 viewings next Saturday. Right now, what good looks like is six or seven would be a good outcome. Um, and that kind of thing. And building in that plan B. So I talk a lot about the plan B. So that client example, three options on pricing. And when you're wrong back to go ahead, I was like, great. So did you talk more about which pricing strategy you want to go with? And I was like, oh, we'll leave it up to you. And I was like, <laughs> okay. No pressure then. But he, um, yeah, I just, find, I just find it really, you know, and my advice to him was, since I met him two weeks ago, a couple more houses have come on the market, 1.39 million close to him, and then that one at a million close to him. And I said, look, let's, let's go with a guy price 1.1 as an initial market launch and plan A. And after four weeks, if no real interest, we'll knock down to plan B, offers in excess of a million. How does that sound? And it was like, let's go with that. Um, so building that plan B. Along the, the signed agreement. I, I, I love the fact that you've talked about what necessary adjustments have to make before you've hit the market. This is something that we um, have talked about at length on this show. And actually, um, I'm like selfish plug for everybody who's listening to this on Tuesday night and still has time to register for a webinar tomorrow. We're talking about this then. It, like one of the, and you talk, and, and for me, I agree with you about having technical ability. Um, and with technical ability comes confidence and some courage to actually have these conversations. Because if, if you want a point of difference, right? When someone says to you, everyone says they're different. Right? And this comes back to some of the stuff we were talking about, about giving the bad news early. Talk about less than perfect from day one as well. Sit there and say, well, here's the plan. But plans don't always go to plan. So here's plan B and here's plan C. And actually, if we haven't hit these sort of like objectives or key results, or if we haven't hit this KPI of however many viewings and at least one off in the first two weeks, we're going to have a conversation about price, presentation, marketing, or even me. You know, you put yourself on the chopping block at the valuation, people know you're in it for the right reasons. You know, if you tell somebody that they can sack you because you're not getting the results that you and them have agreed are what success looks like before you got the paperwork signed, most agents will run away from that. But you've got to go towards that because that shows people that you're there to do a job for them, not just for you. Whereas so many people just want to get paper signed. Like from since I started Power Bespoke, you know, one of that thing, one of the things that I reaffirm is 
why wouldn't you give me a try? Because there's no tying commitment. Mm. Like if all I've said to you today is a load of waffle, then you can just kick me on next week or the week after and go to an agent that you feel like isn't giving you waffle. And that that no tie in, all that kind of jazz really just all helps with that whole conversation around here's three options. Let's go with one. Let's build in plan B. Here's the marketing stack that I'm going to really launch with. Um, yeah, it's just come back to really good advice, not winning the listing at any cost, just really good advice um, and get them houses turned because I think a lot of a lot of agents are going to be stuck with a lot of overpriced stock in the next six to eight weeks, sitting there thinking, oh, what's happened? We didn't have that conversation at the start. Um, that's why they're not reducing. You blew smoke up their arse, it's 1.25 of anyone's money. So why? that's why they're not reducing. Um yeah, build it in plan B. I mean, we write it into our agreement. That's how it's not as harsh as that, but plan B is, is signed for. Hmm. So, you know, the best time to discuss a, a price change is when you don't need the price change. A lot hmm. of agents talk about it like, oh, no, I've had no viewings for three weeks. Let's start talking about the price. Um, one of the, on the vendor update checklist, it's always three viewings booked this week, John. Great. I'm sure we get some good offers, but if not going into next Monday, this is the plan. And let's start to change that price to the plan B we discussed and agreed on. And why do you think people, why do you think a lot of agents won't have that plan B conversation right at the outset? Perry? Do you think they're scared that it'll cost them the instruction? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, there's still the mentality generally of we need that instruction, you know, get it on, get it on, get it on. Um, and it's interesting, you know, like we're people will look at Power Bisoke and think, you know, we're a bit too spread, but um, we don't need every instruction in Red Hill, Rygate, or Hawley. We, we, we don't even need 10% of them or 2% of them. We don't even need 1% of them, like because we've got two and a half million quid down in Portsmouth, we've got two and a half million pounds in Horsham, we've got 1.2 million in Clapham, like we're really spread geographically, and that. And that causes its own problems, but we're getting recommended in Northumberland, like from someone that sold their house and moved up to Northumberland. And I just think when when you're recommended, you got to go. I've sold houses, I've sold houses having never been to them in my life. Someone in Northumberland, I sent Viewer to have a quick look at it for me, and then I Viewer done all the viewings, and I controlled and oversaw the campaign from from down here and sold it i think it was the only two percent fee somebody had paid in northumberland because <laughs> fees in northumberland ain't two percent apparently yeah um so yeah like have your focus like have your, your your kind of your a and b clients but when the c clients come land on your lap say yes and figure it out later mm, i like that right um let's finish on on uh, a bit of a bang for your buck moment right so you said before that you think there are going to be a few agents over the next five or six weeks they're struggling whether it's because they've got overpriced stock or they're not having these crucial courageous conversations right so the people that are listening are not those agents we know that for a fact right so what's one piece of advice that costs nothing that every single listener can do within five minutes of them finishing this episode that's going to help them grow their agency over the next five or six weeks What's one piece of advice? What, that they can give to their clients? But they, anything. So they can give to their clients, they can do themselves, but it's got to cost nothing and they've got to be able to do it today and it's going to have an impact and get them results. Yeah, yeah. So going, 
go in Excel or Google Sheets and set up your brutally organized week structure and share it with your clients. Nice. And I say that, I know the listeners can't, can't see it, but do like, mine's broken down to dinner time with the kids, a personal time. It's broken down to um, kids to bed, 7 a.m., up, shower, baby feed. Like, it's so school runs and content on a Friday, which is now my kind of reels. I'm going deep with reels at the minute. Um, and, yeah, schedule it. Change it around as well. Like things change. My tennis might move. I mean, it's it's Tuesday today, tennis Tuesdays, but it might move to Wednesday next week when my hitting partner can can't do what Tuesdays anymore. Mm. Um, overrule it with the eighty twenty rule. So don't let it get you down when you don't hit it exactly week in week out, hundred percent. Everything I run is the the client Monday focus is eighty twenty. You're going to get a full through coming or a reneg or a swerve ball or something they need to do. Friday client contact, uh, Friday prospecting, you're going to get a swerve ball, but try and get it nailed and stick to it. And can I, can I ask a question on that where you said set it up and share it with your clients? Are you sharing it with your clients to help manage their expectations so that if they need to contact you and you can't answer your phone, it's very obvious that you're not ignoring them. It's just that it's dinner time with the kids. Yeah, I share it for a lot of reasons. So that, to manage expectations, but to show that I'm that I'm brutally organised to get the moved house, there's a slot for everything in there for them as well. It's not just, you know, I'm playing tennis seven days a week. Mm. Um, I, I'm back at desk most nights, eight, half eight for, for an hour or half an hour to close down. So they know they might get a reply to, from me then. Um, yeah. Would you be willing to share an example of your organiser that we could then share with our listeners if anyone reaches out to Mark or I? Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I forgot this isn't a, this isn't a YouTube video, like yeah. the link below the description. Below. But yeah. yeah, definitely. Man. Just put it on the website. I'll send you a copy of my latest one. And it's fluid. Oh, wait. It's all right. This is interesting. When we first met Sam, you said that agents would need three tabs, yeah. right? Now they need four <laughs> because mine, my structure is always open as a tab, always nice. on my browser. Because if something changes quick, then I'll change it in there. And I'm always flicking into it, right? Reminder, what should I be doing now? Oh, shit, yeah, it's, I've got to go and get the kids from school. Run, quick. Like, <laughs> it's really... Because your calendar, so in that structure, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, between you know two, four, and six is meetings. Those meetings could be appraisals, viewings. They could be team meetings. They're just meetings. I don't clog up my calendar with so much of that stuff because the calendar is my appointments I've got to do now. Mm. The structure is pretty much how the week's going to go. So, um, and I'll definitely share it. So Thank following, you. following bootcamp last year, Perry, I did my structured week, but I've never shared it with a client. It's probably a bit of a confidence thing um, to do that. I was like, yeah, we'll do that. And then woman who came on bootcamp with me was like, oh, I'm not sure if clients will necessarily appreciate that. What, what can you say to help how you me deliver overcome it? Them? How you deliver it? How you deliver it? Yeah. So the first thing is your WhatsApp group. Just get that set up as soon as they've signed. Um, so, and then you drop it in there. PDF, upload document. Hey, hey, John. Hey, Jenny. Really look forward to getting you moved. Um, I've sent you all through for the photographs. They'll be in touch. Just quickly, I want to share with you my, my week schedule. So you know where I am at any one time, and you can see my structure. You'll get updates on a Monday. Um, Friday doesn't actually say on the structure new clients because you share that with existing clients. But um, yeah, share it with them early on. Just, you know, 
let them see that Saturdays and Sundays are your family time. I've got mm. um, Wednesday nights, Henry's football training from five. I've got Saturday mornings, Freddie's tennis lessons from five, because one of my kids are going to play tennis, whether they like it or not. <laughs> um, so you've got all that in there, and they're like, um, they can see, see you're a real person. You've got date night with the missus. Um, you've got dinner. You need to eat. You've got bedtime, 10 o'clock, sleep. Like, it, it's in there. Mm. So how they perceive that is up to them. I, if I receive that, I'll be like, I mean, this guy's, this guy's brutally organised. On it. And yeah. that gives them confidence, right? And that then justifies why they're paying you what they're paying you, why they chose you in the first place. And that's kind of what people want to feel, right? Is that they made the right choice. Now, Which is why when you get really organised, share it on appraisal, advice meeting, post, post advice meeting, follow up. Like, yeah, 100%. We, we do the same thing in home search. Like we've got a 12-month service calendar that we share with everyone. And we're like... All things being well, this is what best practice looks like. This is when you're going to hear from us. This is what the results you can expect and where we go. And people love it because it sets the expectations of we're going to do the work and so are you. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I love that. And again, you nailed the brief. That's something that everybody can organize as soon as they finish listening to this. And it doesn't cost them anything. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you go and do it, share the results because I'm sure not just Perry, but everyone else who listens to this show is going to be interested to see how it goes and the sort of impact that it has on your business as well. So, uh, mate, I'm, I'm sorry that, I mean, I know, thank you for jumping in and, and playing guest host while I was actually enjoying a month of holidays yeah, at the end of last year, but it's, it's taken I was half three hoping years. Mark might want me to become a permanent post and host and replace the host. Well, you it? didn't, you didn't get, there was a bit of a survey that went out and there was like a mutiny <laughs> across the board and they were like, we're sick of this bastard, get him out of there. So no one can um, compete with a hunter. <laughs> it, man. I'm just barely holding on to my seat. So, uh, yeah, from from us two and from everybody listening, mate. Thank you for giving up your early morning. Go and enjoy some tennis, yeah. and we'll see you again soon. Yes, guys. A nice thank you once again to Perry Power from Power Bespoke for joining us this morning, Sam. As ever, I said I said before, I was really excited about the episode. It didn't disappoint. I don't know if I've met someone who is quite as obsessed about estate agency as uh, as, as Perry is. <laughs> he just is he's, he's just all in, isn't he? Yeah. Well, as his world-class answer was, right, he's he's committed. Yeah. Um, we were saying just before we we push record on this after we sick about a Perry that it, it is it is almost like the perfect answer to that question. It's one word and it makes sense and it, it uh, traverses or transcends everything that's involved, whether you're committed to yourself, committed to your clients, committed to learning, committed to improving, you know, committed to your marketing, whatever it might be, because that's, that's how you see results and how you see growth in, in any area, right? He, he's off to play tennis now. He's committed to playing tennis by the sounds of it a couple of times a week because he wants to get better and clearly wants to get his kids thinking, well, this is the sport for me. Um, this is tennis. So, yeah, exactly. I'd rather play golf because it doesn't require a uh, same amount of aerobic uh, <laughs> ability, thankfully. Um, but yeah, I think that, that sums it up, isn't it? He is committed to being the best estate agent that he possibly can be, because that then means he's going to get the best results for his clients. And he's going to attract the best people into his company, which is going to deliver him, you know, further results, a better lifestyle, better things for his family. Uh, and it all, it all stems from, from being committed. Um, yeah. So I, I, yeah, for me, that, that makes a hell of a lot of sense. Yeah, it's, it, it's a great one-word answer to a question that we've been been asking for, for so long now. But he, he, I want to just talk about his self-improvement um, for, for a little while, that commitment to improve self. And he said, 
Um, something that, that really resonated with me, quite straightforward, but, you know, find the way of learning that, that works for you. Like him, I've tried to read, and I do sometimes read, but what tends to happen is I tend to get halfway, three quarters of the way through a self-improvement book and then struggle to pick it back up. So mm. my, my way of learning normally is podcasts. When I was doing a lot of running, I was listening to a lot of podcasts. I've been back in the gym now and, and doing less, so I've actually just, well, I need to buy some new headphones. That's one of my actions from um, from today because I think once you find that way of learning that does really work for you, you need to you know double down on it and make sure that you um, commit to that uh, mm. self-improvement, which probably, since I've been back in the gym and less running, I've probably not done enough of, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, that, so we sort of discussed it with Perry on there, um, we all try and subscribe to what everyone else is doing. Mm. If, you, if you decide that you want to do something, that's the first place you look, right? So tennis is a, an example. I want to play tennis. You go and buy a racket. You go and buy a Fed's racket or you buy the cheap version of Federer's racket. But yeah. he's a six foot three whippy Swiss dude, right? I'm a five foot 10 sort of skinny slash fat Aussie guy. His His racket would not suit me. Right, it'd be too heavy for me. I'd need something that's going to help me generate a little bit more power from a little bit less muscle. But I like Fed and his racket's cool, so I want to go and get that. It's a bit the same. I want to get better in business. Well, Bill Gates reads two books a week or whatever it might be. Mm. You know, Warren Buffett spends 80% of his day reading every day. The best agents always talk about the sort of books they read and the way they go see by books. And you think, well, this isn't working for me, but actually it's not working for you because the information is wrong. It's because it's just not how you learn. And there's three very different learning styles out of you, me and Perry. Right. Um, And that's really important. There's tests you can do online. We'll see if we can Google them and put them in the show notes at the end of this, if to save everybody some time, but find out what sort of learner you are. Cause I think there's audio visual kinesthetic, which is like doing things. Um, and then there's something else, uh, which I can't remember. I'm pretty sure there's four styles. Figure out which one you are and double down on that Yeah. because things will start to work for you. You know, and the pieces of the puzzle will start falling into place. You know, Perry said, there's no excuse to go out there and learn anymore. You know, the, the best information out there to take your business, your relationships, your friendships, your fitness, your health, whatever it is to the next level, maybe not the ultimate level, because uh, I do think there's, if you want to be the absolute best at something, it comes with spending some money because that's yeah. how that, that shows you that it's a real priority. But in terms of time, it's all free. It's yeah. there. Go out and listen to it and, and then actually take some action, right? I wrote down a quote today, which if I can talk while I open my phone and, and desperately try and find it quickly, it was really interesting, right? So uh, there were a few quotes I wrote down today out of this book that I was listening to. First one was that life requires courage, which I thought was really fascinating um, because you've got to almost admit to yourself that you're not where you want to be. And that's a really courageous thing. Um, and then actually uh, the stuff that feels hard for us, for you or for us, right? It's actually hard for everybody. The difference is that most people, when we're talking 80, 20, again, most people overthink it and a few people just take some action and get it done. Right. I, I was, so I listened to, uh, an episode of our old podcast today. I listened to a podcast by a guy called Rich Roll and I listened to Gates' new episode today. So three separate podcasts. The content of those podcasts, the production quality of those podcasts um, and uh, like the just the, the things that were discussed within them were all so varied. But the one thing we all had in common is that we just get up and do it. Yeah. 
Um, and that's the reason why we get the opportunity every Tuesday morning to start our day like this, right? So there's, there's no excuse not to learn. There's no excuse not to take action anymore as well. And I think on that point, right, the, the two bits that really with me from the conversation that we had, the first one was Perry said, there's no better time to go from one to 2% than where we are right now. Um, it's not that I just agree with that. I think that is the most important thing for every agent to be considering to, to see true success and to take a bit of stress away from them into the future. Um, fees are the answer to most of the problems. You know, there's not enough stock, charge more. If you're not getting enough reviews, charge more and deliver a better service. If you're not selling enough homes, charge more so you can reinvest that into marketing. Uh, you know, if you're not going on enough family holidays, charge more so you could take your family away. Um, but learn those technical skills and make sure that you're offering a service that is 2% um, rather than doing what you've always done, judging what you've always charged. That was that was exactly what I was going to come, come back to, actually, because Perry said it's all about, he thinks the next two years market is all about technical ability. Really interesting. Um, and you've got to have that technical ability to go from 1% to 2%. You can't just decide, oh, we're going to be 2%. You've got to be able to demonstrate it. And I'm sure you can hear from just... Perry almost role plays with himself sometimes. I think when you when you listen to him and he talks stories from the, the clients and what have you, and you can tell from, from the conversations he's having with clients how he demonstrates that he's 2%. You know, he talked about when things go wrong. Here's what's happened. Here's my advice. Here's, way, here's three ways forward. Give them the options and talk about it. It's like his um, discussion of plan B right at the outset. I don't think people are naive enough in this world now to think when they sell a house, it's all going to be, you know, happiness and sunshine. So actually, if you're the one that's brave enough, has the ability to have those professional conversations, look, this is where we think it'll go. If that doesn't work, this is what we'll do. That's the type of thing that will demonstrate a difference between you and the other agents and hopefully enable you to justify that higher fee. Cause you can't just wake up and say, right, we're going to be more expensive now. Exactly. Right. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, forgive me. If, um, I don't quite uh, respond exactly intended. I think mine just dropped out for a little bit there. Uh, so I lost a bit of what you're saying. Forgive Sorry. me. Um, you're right. It, it's a shift. You can wake up today and decide to charge more. But don't be surprised if you don't get it. You know, go back through 154 episodes or 153 episodes of this show, right? And there's going to be a few hits along the way. You won't have to listen to them all just to get from 1% to 2%. There's going to be some things in there that really change your life. And actually talking about that, you know, Perry uh, said a few things about what he runs through in a listing presentation. This is a guy that is probably competitors with some of the people that listen to this show, right? But he's not afraid of uh, so generous. like sharing with everything, right? Because he lives in abundance rather than scarcity. I think that's really important. He sort of sits there and says, right, when I'm in a listing presentation, I'm going to make sure that I get the first production off. We're going to talk about plan A. We're going to go full steam ahead at achieving plan A. But it's not, I'm not doing my job. I'm not committed to the process, to my clients, to amazing marketing, to an amazing negotiation, to improving their experience. If I'm not going to talk to plan B and get it signed off as part of our agreement, that to me, we've never heard that on this show over three years of getting a price reduction or a price realignment strategy, whatever you want to call it, signed off before the initial paperwork. I think that is brilliant. 
And I think that given the market that we're going into now, that is still good, but you need to make quick adjustments to make sure that you get results soon so that your pipeline doesn't go from 180 days to 300 days. Yeah. You've got to have those conversations up front. You've got to have the courage to, and that's also what's going to allow you to charge more money. Um, so I just thought that was a magnificent point. I think everybody listening to this needs to write down how they're going to do that and practice it with people in their offices so they don't go out and bleed to death trying it for the first time. They're a bit nervous and they stumble over their words. Practice it with people internally. Understand what you're going to do. Figure out what plan B looks like to you because you don't have to do exactly what Perry does. That works for him. But make sure you're having those sort of conversations at point of instruction because it will make you different to everybody else and it will show the clients why they should work with you over and above somebody who's just selling them the dream and nothing else. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the you, you're exactly right that you figure out the way that works for you, practice it and and um, move forward. But just the final final thing I want to talk about is the weekly structure. So we've talked about a bit of accountability on, on this show and I think this is, this is probably makes quite sense for you to hold me accountable. So I've had my weekly structure since I went to boot camp and started the year really, really well. And probably over the last few months have not moved away from it, but not been anywhere near as disciplined with it as I should be. And I actually think the idea of sharing it with clients is a, is a real demonstration of how organised you are. So that's what I'm going to commit to today, making sure that my weekly structure works, sticking to yeah. it and sharing it with, with clients and then, you, know, you can hold me accountable to that if you like. I'm writing that in my diary as we speak. I always regret, I always regret saying Tuesday. these things. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have that next Tuesday. <laughs> I'll, sh- I'll share it with you uh, following the uh, episode today. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that on a, on a regular basis because I think, you know, you we talked about it right at the start of the show. The next 30 days will dictate the next 90 days, dictate um, how you feel on Christmas Day, Boxing Day, etc. So if I can make sure that I stick to my weekly structure. I'll be much more disciplined. I'll make those calls that you have to make. I'll hit the results that I, that I want to hit. So a massive thank you once again to Perry for, for sharing that. Let's, um, let's you know, see how that, how that works over the next few weeks. So uh, thank you to Perry for joining us um, once again today. As you know, we do this because we love our industry. We want to see it improve and get better. It's been a joy to be back this week. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Mark Worrell. He's Sam Hunter. And we will see you again next week.